to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. This is episode 34, and I want to dive in immediately, speaking a little bit about the sacred numerology. As we are moving faster at the speed of light, as our lives are shifting rapidly before our very eyes, it is light and sound numbers. These are the truth of time and space. And numbers have codes of information, layers upon layers of information. They are a universal language, just as We could say astrology is the language of the Aquarian age, and that is why I am so devoted to delivering these podcasts to you and being on this journey of conscious evolution alongside you. So as we look to the number three, 
It is all about expression and sensitivity, how we choose to express ourselves and the subtleness with which we can do so versus the more abruptness. Now we know in many different wisdom traditions, three is about light. It is about a holy trinity, as we can see from the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine and the holy child. And also in goddess mythology, cosmology, we have maiden, mother, and crone. And this is about harmony, action, the perfect love, the tenderness, the soul force. In the tarot, three is connected to the empress, representing plenty and prosperity and fruitfulness, true magic. Whereas four is a number of stability and process. How do we build with consciousness? How do we create solid foundations? How do we show up responsibly, practically, uh, building with, with a sense of being calm, being at ease, having peace, but yet also being determined to build with security. And so as we add three and four together in celebration of episode 34, we come to seven. Seven is a number of trust and openness, a journey, a willingness to be vulnerable and stand in one's truth. And I wanted to really honor these numbers. There's much more I could say. This is very personal for me, as my own personal numerology is a 34-7, and I have been consciously working with these codes of 3 and 4 and 7 for over 20 years of my life, really taking that in, drinking in the nectar of these numbers. We are in such a turbulent time in 2021. I'm recording this episode for you on August 15th. I have a prayer, an intention to deliver these podcasts every other Friday in celebration of Fridays, Venus Days, as I myself, my chart is ruled, guided by Venus, and so much of my work is in devotion to this concept of Venus being the elder sister of Earth and really thinking deeply about what we are cultivating here on Earth, the culture we're building, and my way of contributing consciously to this is through these offerings of my podcast, my weekly Venetian love notes, my readings, the pilgrimages I facilitate, as well as the other group spaces that are created through women's circles and uh, local events and online teachings. And in that, I found this year to be particularly gnarly and 
at times, even though I am so devoted to being consistent and stable, really honoring that four within the 34-7, there are times where we, we need to be like bamboo and bend a little. And so my intention was to deliver this podcast to you on Friday the 13th, that Venus Day. And um, as I am human, like you all are, I feel like we got tossed into a blender. And in July, the speed got turned on low. And in August, it got turned up to high. So here I am recording this uh, a couple days later than I intended to. And I say this, I share this process with you because maybe there are places and spaces where you put a lot of pressure on yourself to deliver certain things by a certain deadline. And what we are currently going through collectively, ancestrally, personally, is profound. We are in our uncharted territory, uncharted waters. We're in spaces and places where humanity has never been on earth. And so please take good care of yourselves. Take exceptional care of your nervous systems. If you feel like you need the rest, take the rest. Drink plenty of water. Take baths. Take showers. Walk in nature. Do the things that really nurture your soul. Eat good food. Hug and love up on the ones that are dear to your heart speak your truth to people, be gracious, be compassionate, be kind. This is a time where really, truly, we cannot take anything for granted right now. Anything can shift in a split second. Around the world, there is much upheaval. I was just briefly looking at some recent news before recording this And uh, there's just been a massive earthquake in Haiti, and the women of Afghanistan are really struggling right now. And we know people are struggling all over the earth right now. I was recently traveling this past week in Chicago, and it was my first time in a truly urban environment since the pandemic. And I am very um, sensitive, as I'm sure many of you listening are. And it was um, immense. It was immense to be in such a large urban environment. Uh, I can feel collective energy from anywhere on the planet. And I say that because it's truth. It's, It's just how I'm attuned but to be immersed in a an urban environment and to feel the millions of people around me and the the suffering was quite different than uh, where I live in the Appalachian Mountains. And there were many, many, many tears. There was much grief that needed to move through my body. And collectively, there's a lot of grief, and there's a lot of people who are suppressing their grief. So I speak to this because we're in a time where it's really 
necessary to make time to grieve, to explore what has been lost in a way of letting it move through your body and out of your body to clear your channel. Our bodies are so powerful. We are so beautiful and crystalline. And when we suppress our feelings and our intuition and our higher guidance and wisdom, and when we disassociate and we just sit and we scroll and we scroll and we scroll on whatever device it may be, that has an accumulation over time and space and it will not go down well. And this is how accidents and things happen um, with these square squares that we're hanging out in this year, particularly the Uranus in Taurus and the Saturn in Aquarius square. But we also have um, Pluto in Capricorn and Eris in Aries. These squares can be quite reckless if we're not paying attention. So now is a time to really slow down, slow down your nervous system, slow down your body, slow down your life in whatever ways you're able to, and uh, get really solidified into the basics. The greatest basic being seeing well, well hydrated and well nourished supplementing with the things that really bring you joy and uh, taking really good care of your nervous system with a daily devotional practice. So we're going to go on a journey here in this episode. And uh, I know some of you participated in my Instagram giveaway and then I just sort of fell off because I've been dealing with some unexpected death and um, different layers of grief that I've needed to process. So I thought I was coming back onto Instagram on the daily again and then really needed to pull back into my own self. And I will be returning soon and I will announce the winner and I will be showing up more consistently again. However, it'll probably be closer to the Aquarius full moon. So thank you for your patience and and stay tuned there. As many of you know, I believe that podcast is a form of collaboration and your listener as the experience matters so much to me. So please send me a direct message or email support at earthseedtemplearts.com on what you love about the show, what you wish there was less of, any show submission ideas or specific questions, topics that you would like to be addressed in future episodes. That's all very much welcomed. Also, uh, if you love, if you're enjoying this podcast, take a moment and go into the iTunes app and leave a review. It helps so much especially if you take the time to type out you know, a couple sentences and then um, just feel free and share this podcast with 
two or three of your beloveds who you know will also enjoy it. I want to just speak very briefly about a pilgrimage I'm offering this December 3rd through 22nd in Egypt, also known as Kemet. And if you're called to pilgrim to Egypt, if you've been feeling the call, the pull, the gravitational force, the magnetic synergy, I invite you to email support at earthseedtemplearts.com for the full invitation. We will be journeying this 3rd through 22nd December on Living Legacy, Rematrixing the Codes of Life. And if you have a desire to go to Egypt, I would just say to you right now, do not take anything for granted. Nothing. So if you're feeling the call to pilgrim, I urge you to do it. Uh, we're in such a wild time that it is about seizing the moment, seizing the day. And I guarantee you upon your commitment to this pilgrimage, the gates will open for you and you will be able to trust the process and you will be well taken care of each step of the way. That is absolutely 100% true. And we're going to visit some of the most amazing places. Uh, we're going to open up in Luxor on the Sagittarius total solar eclipse in one of my favorite temples. And from there, we'll explore the beautiful temples and tombs around Luxor. We will fly up north and then travel by car to Siwa, which is a desert oasis near the border of Libya and such a magical space. There will be deep restoration there. There will be a lot of time for meditation, for deep practice, for swimming in different kinds of waters ranging from the most pure salt water to deserts, hot spring waters to Cleopatra's spring, just really phenomenal um, spaces that are going to help you do this rematrixing process that is, in my opinion, so key in these times. And then from there, we're going to travel back to the Giza area and go to many different pyramids. We'll travel into the Fayum Desert, which has the beautiful whale bones. Some of you have heard me speak about over 45 million years old. I mean, this is ancient, ancient land. And this pilgrimage is an opportunity to embody the art of Hieroskamos, the sacred unification of the divine feminine frequency within and the divine masculine frequency within. So we're talking about really, really sinking in to this inner mystical marriage that is available for each one of us in this incarnation. Why astrology? 
the rhythms of the planets, the asteroids, the stars, the centaurs, and other astronomical bodies, each one of them creates a wave of reverberation, just as when the mallet touches the gong, there is a reverberation of sound science, of sound healing, of frequency. And this is the process, the practice of living. We are feeling these reverberations that resound through time and space. These ripples affect our daily lives personally and collectively. The Saturn Uranus square that we've been feeling, it was exact the first square in February, the second square in June. And we've just been kind of hanging out in it in July and August, and also Eris and Pluto are squaring. And Saturn is all about how we limit and we define. Saturn is currently in Aquarius retrograde and really asking us to look at technology. How do we utilize technology in a good way that is in service to humanity? What are the dark sides of the Aquarian age of technology? Who has the rights to our data? Who has the rights to all of our personal information and habits? These are topics that are very important. There are banks, pools that collect all of our data and sift through them and can uh, very easily track our habits, what makes me unique versus you versus your sister or your brother or your mother. This research is being done on each one of us and the greater question is, is this ethical and who gets to keep the research and what does this mean for maybe not you or I, but for our children's children, because they're going to be born in a world where all they know is higher forms of technology. Whereas for myself, I grew up with very clunky computers before there was even a World Wide Web as we know it today. And Uranus and Taurus is instead of going out into that uh, technology space is really asking us to bring our psyche and our attention, our awareness to Earth, Mother Earth. And with this, we're making great changes, leaps and bounds, but there's a lot of shocking energy that's being moved. And literally, as I was saying, there was an earthquake in Haiti and over 200 uh, have already died from this. And this is an exact example of Uranian energy in Taurus because it can bring shocks and surprises literally through Mother Earth herself. 
This is why when we have a square, squares are about tension. It's a face-off, but they're ultimately an opportunity for great growth. Quite often in life, we grow the most when we're in an experience of tension. If things feel easeful, we're less likely to make changes, but when they feel uncomfortable, we have the incentive to move forward, to make change, to innovate. And so this Saturn, Uranus square, they're both in fixed signs. The fixed signs are very stable. They don't like to change. So it also brings in more intensity. It brings in more of that sensation of turbulence, of being in a high-speed blender, as I'm sure many of us have been sensing over the past couple of months. And then on top of that, we have the Pluto-Eris square, both happening in cardinal signs. Cardinal signs really like to take initiative and take action. And so that square also brings in some deep intensity because they can be very action-oriented or also there can be a strong standoff sensation. Pluto, as we know, has been in Capricorn since 2008 and is coming up to the 25th degree. Here in the United States, we're coming closer and closer to our collective Pluto return, which is likely to be um, a, a deep process of dissolving and disillusionment. And Pluto in Capricorn is wanting to dismantle these old patriarchal systems. However, there can be a lot of resistance to this as whatever powers that be, forces that are, that wish to hold on to their structures of power and authority that they've had for hundreds of years, thousands of years, they're not going to just relinquish that control. So this brings in greater agitation and with that, we have the asteroid goddess Eris, and we know her as a goddess of discord, of disruption. In many ways, we could say her unveilment is what started the Trojan War. And so Eris and Ares in this archetype of the great pioneer and the warrior has no problems causing chaos if it means truth and transformation will come to the surface. So these are mighty times, they're powerful, and I personally believe understanding, knowing the astrology really can assist our psyches in knowing how to settle into these times, how to be prepared, how to understand what is happening not only collectively, but personally for each one of us. Because right now, where the late degrees of Capricorn and Aries are in your chart, you're getting that square between Aries and Pluto. And where the mid-degrees of Taurus and 
Aquarius are, you're receiving that square as well. So understanding this will assist you. And as I mentioned, I was recently traveling in Chicago and I was feeling that collective grief because it was my first time in this urban environment. And also, uh, I got stuck there because there was a massive lightning storm that was moving through the Midwest. And then as it moved through, it moved south. So it was affecting the entire route that I was going to be flying home. And this lightning storm and other storms that spun off of it were happening for a number of days. And as we think of lightning and earthquakes, these are two very Uranian in Taurus moments, right? So um, even though it was quite inconvenient for me to have to navigate how I was going to get home and what the solutions would be, which is part of why this podcast is being delivered to you a couple days later than intended, I also could understand, I could understand from a higher level, and I didn't get upset about why is this happening to me. I didn't take this energy personally because none of it's personal. I mean, yes, it's deeply personal because it's affecting my life and my relationships and my work. However, it's happening to the collective. We're going through a cultural renaissance and Part of a renaissance is a massive egoic death of the cultures that have prevailed that shall no longer prevail. And to be living in these times is next level. It requires each one of us to show up as these courageous spiritual warriors. It requires each one of us to show up in our greatest strength, taking impeccable care of ourselves and our communities, and also being willing to dissolve, to dissolve our own places and spaces of bondage, to uh, dissolve our assumptions, what we've taken for granted, because what we may have assumed will always be with us could be taken away before our very eyes at any given moment. And as there are these massive amounts of collective grief that still need to be processed, there are startling losses that people are experiencing. There are supply issues that are happening economically. And there are shifts in weather and our natural resources And for many, this is quite terrifying. For some, they will go into a mentality of hoarding and locking themselves away. And what I would encourage you to do is to anchor into your practices and to take really good care of yourself and to build your communities build your bridges, know who your allies are, and form those bonds, make them even stronger than they've been, 
strengthen these bonds in your local communities with people you can connect with face to face. Yes, social media is beautiful and a great way to connect. And these days it is a battlefield and you have to remember that you do not own any of your data in these spaces. So if you're going to use technology, build new systems, focus in other spaces where you own your data and your privacy because these things matter so much. Many of us have come into this world wide web with eyes just kind of open, but making a lot of assumptions that the people who are hosting these spaces care about us and care about our families. And the bottom line is, and it's what it always has been, it's profit and it's control. So these disruptions with Uranus and Taurus and Saturn and Aquarius and Pluto and Capricorn and Eris and Aries are coming through to shake us awake in all the ways. The only way out is through, deep and within. So may you stay true to yourself. May you follow your own inner compass. Again, do your daily practice to keep your compass attuned. This is non-negotiable. Your daily practice can be three minutes of meditation. It can be three minutes of cat-cow. It can be a beautiful walk in nature. It can be riding a bike. It can be so many things. Just do your practice. Allow the relationships that no longer serve you to fall away. Bow to them in grace and compassion. Avoid the drama and the trauma timelines as they will not assist you in persevering these times. Focus on your own inner work as that is the key to your greatest illumination. This is a time of powerful tightrope walking. And we are coming out of this Lion's Gate Leo New Moon. We are still in a time of seeding and manifesting. And as heavy as things feel on the earth plane, we have to remember each one of us is connected to the stars, to the cosmos. We are infinite. We are intergalactic. And we have the ability to harness the cosmic frequencies to support us here and now on the earth plane. This is why daily practice is so important. And this Lion's Gate Leo New Moon was a true renewal of vows, an ability to tune into your own unique soul's purpose, to be passion-driven, to really be your own beloved. And our next major astrological phenomena of 2021 is Uranus and Taurus shifting retrograde. So this happens on Thursday, August 19th at 9.41 p.m. That's Eastern time at 14 degrees, 47 arc minutes Taurus. Uranus and Taurus will be retrograde until about January 22nd of 2022. So Uranus in Taurus was retrograde last summer around this time from August until January, 
and it's the same same this year. Now I've already spoken a little bit about Uranus and Taurus. I'm going to go a little deeper with you. For some of you, it'll be a refresh, but hey, this is astrology. We work in layers. It's so good to always come back to basic concepts. When we think of Uranian energy, Uranus is an outer planet. It's a transpersonal planet. It's a planet that I like to say it it stamps us generationally. It gives us a generational signature around the age of 40, 41, 42. We go through our Uranus opposition, and it's a very powerful midlife activation point. Many of you know about the Saturn return. The Saturn return, the first one adults us. It seasons us into adulthood. However, uh, after that, we have a series of midlife activation points that are extremely important, and the Uranus opposition is one of those. Uranian cycles in general are about 84 years, and we know of Uranus in contemporary astrology. It is ruling the planet, or sorry, the zodiacal sign of Aquarius. So we can say Uranus is ruling the Aquarian age. It is the key to our illumination of our super intuitive and our genius potential. It is a higher octave of Mercury. Mercury is all about logic and reasoning and how we speak and think and share information and ideas, how we take in information. And I always love to trace Mercury back to Hermes and trace Hermes back to Thoth to Tahuti from the Egyptian cosmology. We know of Tahuti as the creator of astronomy and astrology and the world of symbols, language. And so uh, as we can say, Mercury is ruling the um, the lower octave, the day-to-day thinking and speaking and how we communicate. The Uranian energy is... Uh, it's it has more breadth. It's about change and freedom, rebellion, revolution, and how this gets communicated. It is about the eccentric, the non-traditional, the avant-garde. So where Uranus lives in our charts is where we wish to be unique and express our capacity for independence. Physiologically, Uranus rules the electrical impulses that travel through our nervous systems, and that's why I have been speaking all year in these podcasts. Please take good care of your nervous systems. It's very important. And Uranus entered Taurus briefly in 2018, then retrograded back into Aries, and then settled into Taurus into in 2019. So we've been traveling with Uranus and Taurus since the spring of 2019. This is a slower moving planet. And this Taurian energy, it's earth energy, it's fixed, so it's very stable, sometimes very stubborn. It is all about the material earthy realm and um, how do we connect deeper with the senses, our our sense of touch and taste and uh, sight and smell, very tactile. 
And how do we do this all in celebration of pleasure? Taurus is ruled by Venus and has a frequency of I have. What do you hold on to? What do you possess? Taurus energy is about being slow and steady, determined. Um, The Taurus are the earth lovers, the farmers, the chefs, the musicians, the artists, the deeply sensual people. They can also be very drawn to the financial realm. This is energy that is patient, that will stay the course. However, in its shadow energy, it can be overly focused on the material. It can be possessive, too stubborn, too habitual, too entitled, lazy, overindulgent. And um, in with Uranus and Taurus, it is like this. It's very unpredictable and it is deeply earth shattering when it needs to be. So when a planet goes retrograde, it gives an opportunity for greater reflection. It brings this internal process and an ability for major collective shifting and also personal shifting. We know in general that Uranian energy brings in big changes. It's abrupt. It's out of the box. It's surprise. It Let's us remember that nothing is guaranteed in life. Do not take anything for granted. Seize the moment, seize the day that our autonomy is key, that our sovereignty is everything. And also the the Uranian energy assists us in overcoming obstacles, in calling in that highest genius potential, the concepts that are just so out of the box. And I feel overall that Uranus and Taurus is an opportunity for humanity to anchor into Mother Earth like never before, coming back to our ecological sensibilities, honoring the elements, really celebrating the seasons, celebrating the sun and the moon and these cycles. And this is something that I would love to share with you if you're interested in my Earthseed fall journey. We're going to begin at the end of September. We will meet Tuesday evenings, that's Eastern time, and I will have information about it on my website and in my Venetian love notes. So please stay tuned and I hope you'll join us because it's an opportunity to really anchor into the earth through practices and principles that are going to help you navigate these times. So Uranus also has this ability to really change the arrangement or positions of affairs, particularly financial, political, um, affecting our supply chains. And this can be exhilarating and amazing for some and for others. It is earth shattering and it is unnerving. It is shocking. So these are times where we are definitely seeing major shifts around food, how food is shipped around the planet, around money, we're seeing paper money, you know, start to fade away. More cryptocurrency is coming online. We're seeing global markets shift 
Uh, We're seeing politics shift. Ultimately, we are being led to a new level of being. A collective and personal liberation is happening that is freeing us from our former ways, our habitual states of mind, so that we can draw in new waves of thought patterns. So as Uranus and Taurus goes retrograde, it is at 15 degrees Taurus. And as it's going retrograde, it is trying Mercury and Mars and Virgo. And I think this is really interesting because we know Mercury is the lower octave. uh, Uranus is the higher octave. So there's this relationship between the two. There's a beautiful trine happening, which means lots of free-flowing earthy gifts to be received, prosperity as possible. It is an opportunity with this retrograde to really reflect on what are your values around how you live your life, how you connect to the earth. Are they are your values congruent with your day-to-day rhythms and routines? If they're not, now is the time to own it and to make the necessary shifts, to have the courage to make the changes. Now, the Sabian symbol of 15 degrees Taurus is all about the courage that is needed to meet the crisis precipitated by social ambition. As you face the storm, you have the ability to attain a higher consciousness. We are currently in a war of consciousness right here, right now. The truth is, on one level, the war has already been won. However, do you believe that? Do you know that in your bones? Will you live from that place and space in these times? There's also a connection to how one is mourning death, how we are here seeking to send ourselves at a very intensive level cracking through collective and ancestral codes to embrace the world beyond death. And that is the star sparks frequency. His best friend sings a song at his funeral for 15 degrees Taurus. And it's so aligned for me on such a deep personal level, but also what I'm um, sensing collectively as well. What do we use as a balm in these times? Gratitude, practice, prayer, meditation, nature, love, compassion. On Sunday, August 22nd, we are greeted with a blue moon, an Aquarius blue moon. It is our second full moon in Aquarius of 2021. And the full moon is exact at 8.01 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And with this lunation, we have the moon in Aquarius at 29 degrees, 36 arc minutes. And the sun is at 29 degrees, 36 arc minutes. So the moon and the sun are meeting up at the final degree of this Aquarius-Leo axis. Whereas 
in July, that full moon met up at the first degree. And so it's a, a beginning and an end. And in the midst of that was this potent Lionsgate portal that we're still feeling the reverberations from that was so mighty, so fierce, and it is absolutely sending tidal waves of transformation and rejuvenation and deep, deep, deep ancestral healing and clearing into our lives and a reconfiguration of many, many different timelines are happening here and now. So this is a very important lunation that's coming up. Now, as we think of full moons, they are the time when the moon rises at sunset and sets at sunrise and is visible throughout the entire night sky. It is a time where we could say of celebration, culmination, achievement of our outward expression, where we can really reap the harvest and the abundance. And there's this merging of spirit and matter. This is about culmination, illumination, fulfillment. And as the moon opposes the sun, there is a completion from the first half of the lunation cycle in the sense of the seeds that were cast with the new moon are coming to fruition. So it is an opportunity to learn and to realize and to also integrate the polarities. And there's a very important integration of polarities happening right now as this is the second Aquarius moon with the sun in Leo of 2021. And we had that July full moon right after on July 13th, we had Venus and Mars meet up in Leo. And then about nine days later, we had Mary Magdalene's feast day. And the following day was that Aquarius full moon. And then we traversed through the Lion's Gate portal, which we're, we're still in as I'm recording this. And this Venus and Mars conjunction, this sacred marriage, this Hieroscamos, I, I offered an in-depth masterclass on this, which is still available to view if you want to download the content. Um, you can find that on my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. However, this Venus-Mars marriage in Leo was a culmination, a closing out of a cycle that began in 2015. And with that, we will begin a new Venus-Mars cycle, and that will be in February of 2024 in Aquarius. So there is a very important signature happening right now between this Leo and Aquarius axis. And as we know of Leo, it is a fire sign. It is fixed. It is the archetype of the king, the queen, the radiant one, the shining one, the actor, the performer. It is passionate, fiery spirit that is very um, dedicated, devoted to expressing 
the creative self to expanding from the heart center, seeking to be appreciated by others. Leo is a deeply loving sign that brings in generosity, vitality, fun, loving, noble, natured affection. This sign at times can be narcissistic, like the eternal child, can be vain, can need too much attention, may come across as snobby or overly dramatic, or through refusal to follow others, even arrogance. However, a Leo has the ability to be a true teacher, an embodied teacher in this lifetime, if they really work on developing their leadership skills. And this Leo frequency is ruled by the sun, radiating the power and the force of the will. Meanwhile, across the zodiacal axis, we have Aquarius as the water bearer, yet this is an air sign. It is about being egalitarian, eccentric, the cosmic visionary from the future, very progressive. Aquarius has a need for innovation, for original thought, to create social change. And this is the frequency of I am different. It is all about reformation as being avant-garde, the rebel, the inventor, the genius, the humanitarian, the outlaw, the weirdo. And as Aquarians are deeply concerned with the earth community, they at times can be rebellious for rebellion's sake. So being overly rebellious or not conforming when it is needed, being too detached, erratic, or unpredictable. And so as we're looking at this polarity between the Leo-Aquarius axis, this is about our journey from personal love to impersonal love, from romance to agape, from passion to detachment, from monarchy to democracy, from the actor to the audience, from the lion to the unicorn. And as mentioned, this moon in Aquarius at 29 degrees, 37 arc minutes is also directly conjunct the asteroid Lug. Now, Lug or Lugnasad is the season that we're currently in. It is a time of harvest connected to Lamas, and Lug is the god that the season is dedicated to. So there's this really beautiful synchronicity meeting up with this Aquarius full moon, this blue moon. And Lug is uh, portrayed as a warrior, a king, a master, a craftsman, and a savior. He is associated with many skills and mastery in multiple disciplines, including the arts. He is also associated with oaths, truth, law, and therefore ultimately rightful kingship. This is, as I mentioned, coinciding with the Harvest Festival and he has several magical possessions in that he wields an unstoppable fiery spear, a slingstone, and owns a hound. Uh, he is known to have invented a number of important games, including horse racing. 
and has been equated with Mercury. So I find this incredibly fascinating because of that synchronicity, but also this kind of overlapping that is transpiring here. Because as I cast this chart for um, Appalachia, where I live, on this Aquarius blue moon, Mercury and Mars are conjunct in Virgo. They are married. And Mercury is ruling this chart. And as many of you know who've listened, I love to connect Mercury to Thoth, to Huti, that creator of symbols. And there's a lot of layers of symbols happening here. And remembering that as this full moon is conjunct Lug, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing his his name incorrectly. Um, his he's really symbolizing this frequency of rightful kingship, and as we look to that Aquarius Leo axis, it is about the people versus the monarchy, the king, the queen. And in our time and space, we tend to have such resistance towards king and queen. A lot of people who are like social justice warriors really cringe at that concept in those words. And what I have to say in response to this is what we have been programmed for, especially in our recent times, when we consider monarchy, we tend to think of oppression and imperialists and colonists. However, the, the true king, the true queen, wears a symbol of a crown on their head as a reminder that they are in service and devotion to God, goddess, source, the divine, and that they are here to serve humanity on behalf of that um, that path of devotion. And yes, we don't really see that a lot, especially in our current modalities of leadership. However, this is the rightful kingship. This is the rightful queenship. And so there is a thread through this full moon around rightful devotion and appearance within the greater collective. And that is something that is absolutely being sorted out in this time and space. And then we have Tehuti as the ruler of the chart, conjunct, having a connection to Lug. And we know that there is a great opportunity within this lunar illumination within a reverberation from the cosmos that it is a time to take action through our words. Mars is also conjunct uh, the asteroid Nephis and conjunct Philae uh, in this chart. And so I think there's a typo there. I actually think it should be Mercury's conjunct filet, but I am not able to pull up my um, chart that I pulled for that. So this is a bit of a guesswork, but we know that the asteroids Nephis and filet are also sandwiched in there with Mars and Mercury and Virgo in this chart. And for me, that feels quite profound in my connection with uh, the, my journeys, my travels in Egypt and Nephis. If you do not know her, she is the twin of Isis, Aset, Auset, and she is 
the chalice. She is the womb. She is the void. She is the source of all magic. And Philae is the temple of Isis. Philae is the temple of love, sacred love. And it is our sacred love. It is our devotion and our duty to one another that is going to get us through these times. It is not our division. It is not our disagreements. It is not our opinions and our different series of facts that so many of us have rightfully compiled. It's not all of that. It is our love. It is our compassion for one another. It is our ability to see someone who has very different concepts and ideas that we do and to love them anyways and to respect them anyways. The moon and the sun are opposing one another and they're in square to Black Moon Lilith and Ceres and Gemini. There is this challenge between our shadow and where we are nurturing in the sense of really wanting to share ideas, intellect, information, out-of-the-box thinking. This is being triggered through the sun and the moon. And in addition, this moon we know is contemporarily ruled by Uranus. Uranus has just turned retrograde and Uranus as the ruler of the moon is also trining Mercury and Mars so that push that invitation to really take action through our words yet to do so with compassion is extremely, extremely important. We know also that Jupiter, who is conjunct the moon, and we're going to dive into that in a minute, but Jupiter is sextile Eris, so there's this like um, opportunity between Jupiter, who expands, and Eris, who brings in the discord. There's an opportunity here for um, a deeper understanding, for, for gifts to be received if we really put ourselves out there and commit to the work. And in this lunation, as we've been hanging out for uh, most of August, we've got this square between Eris and Pluto. And Eris and Pluto are challenging us as they've challenged us collectively for most of 2020. It is an opportunity to dissolve, let go of, to witness, to see all that's coming to light, and to bear witness to it with, with compassion, with loving kindness. Now, as I mentioned, the moon is conjunct Jupiter retrograde. They're both in Aquarius. And on this full moon, Jupiter is also conjunct the asteroid Aradne. 
And I absolutely love Aradne and her mythology and her story. She is very connected to the labyrinth and she has quite a journey and we will go into her at another point because there's other parts to speak to with this lunar cycle that are much more important to bring to light. As we look at Jupiter, Jupiter as the social teaching planet that really brings in opportunities for growth, for improvement. This is where the soul ascends beyond the material world. Jupiter represents our search for meaning, truth, ethical values. It is a planet of great spirituality, expanding everything it touches, teaching one how to grow beyond their limitations. Jupiter represents success, wealth, new concepts, creativity, and how these are treasures, how these are treasures for us in our lifetime. Jupiter in its shadow can also represent false hope over optimism and where this can cause true chaos in our lives. Now, as we're coming to this full moon, we have every single outer planet retrograde. That includes Jupiter, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. This is telling us personally and globally to do our greatest work. It is time to reflect, to go within. This is a very important time of year to be doing this work. We also have a grand air trine in this chart that is bringing in major, major possibilities for radical genius thoughts between Venus in Libra, Saturn retrograde in Aquarius, and the Gemini North Node that is reminding us that we have to focus on radical New ideas, we can't be stuck in the old paradigms, that south node in Sagittarius. And so, as a reminder, as Thoth Tehuti is ruling this chart, and Mercury and Mars are conjunct, there is really a true symbol here to use the power of the mind to be creative, to use the meditative mind, the mind of the yogi. It is that yogic ability to vision. That pure vision is the first step of true action and success and manifestation. Now, as we consider the Sabian symbols for this uh, lunation, we're going to look both at the Sabian symbol, which I pull from an astrological mandala by Dane Rudyard and Star Sparks by Ilias Lonsdale. Now, moon at 30 degrees Aquarius speaks to deeply rooted in the past of a very ancient culture, a spiritual brotherhood in which many individual minds are merged into the glowing light of a unanimous consciousness is revealed to one who has emerged successfully 
from his metamorphosis. This is about the ability for a person with an open mind and a deep feeling of self-transcendence to come in contact with higher forms of existence. This is about a multiplicity of individuals, a unity of consciousness and soul, anima. Now, the star sparks for this is a large pool filled with white water, lilies, and bloom. And I'd like to read with you, read for you, what I captured from Ilias Lonsdale. Light is the spirit food which permeates the ethers of the planet with all that we need to grow and evolve. To inhale light and abundance is to be greatly blessed, honored, shown the way. We become vessels for the light. The light is endless. It is infinite. As we open our sense of the future, we open the gates wide so that we may be flooded with extraordinary light. Can we give of this feeling, tone, the subtle atmosphere, this prana to those who feel themselves to be cut off from its bounty? The only way we can stay true to what we experience here, yet equally be an evolutionary vessel of restoring what is most essential, is if we can meet the struggles and strife of this world from a most distinctive and unusual place. We are called to be mightily detached, yet in the same breath, able to swoop right down and be entirely here with how everybody experiences the darkness and the sense of forgetting. For as we hold the high vertical study and the same time yield its righteousness to the needs that arise, we become light bearers in terms that are life-giving and fruitful in total measure. We learn to be empty and simple, and then the light streams through with no self-importance anywhere in sight. And that brings us to the sun at 30 degrees Leo. The moon is being reflected by this Leo sun, is being illuminated. An unsealed letter the realization by the individual that all thoughts and all messages are inevitably to be shared with all men. As we know, nothing can be really hidden except superficially and for a brief time. What any man thinks and deeply realizes becomes the property of all men. Nothing is more senseless than possessiveness in the realm of ideas. Nothing can remain permanently sealed. And we come to Ilias Lonsdale's star sparks for the sun, this 30 degrees Leo. And I love this one. A woman sprinkling rose water in the four corners of a room. I love this one because this is something I'm quite often doing. <laughs> And I, again, I want to read to you what Ilias said because it's just pure poetry. Most of it's word for word. I, I paraphrased a little, just side note on that. She is a carrier from the very heart of creation. She spreads wherever she goes. 
a mana, an elixir, a prana of renewal. She's a disseminator of the best things going around. Her vibration is high and free, clear and all-encompassing. She brings messages and meanings, realizations and experiences, paths and journeys. She opens doors that would otherwise remain shut tight, for she has the magical touch to fan the flames of a new world coming true. People look toward her as a light bearer, a sparkling friend, one who can help us all to realize our utmost potential. Everybody sees in her the hope, the vision, and the open channel for spirit to flood through. She herself is perpetually working on becoming a more surrendered and fluent embodiment of spirit. She has her work cut out for her. Any one-sided, narrow, Tendencies become grist for her mill. She knows so much depends upon her and that she's got to get so far out of the way. What she is called into is the fiery center. She must consume the dross of all remaining karmic stuff in order to merge within that center. Because all this is happening so far, beyond the scope of old paradigms, it is a perpetual stretch even for her to conceive what's coming through here and its passionate power. For she herself is the experimental vehicle, the one who must try everything out on herself to make sure it's going to serve. Her vision will not allow for her to make any further separations. She herself must be entirely aligned within whatever she influences others towards. When this kind of synchronization is involved, we are at the peak point of human capacity. What most brightly shines through its equanimity, peacefulness, and a sense of affirmation that will not be disrupted by boundaries, barriers, or stuffy reasons. And so that brings us to on Sunday, August 22nd, the sun shifts from Leo to Virgo at 5.35 p.m. So hours after that beautiful Aquarius blue moon, the sun moves from Leo into Virgo. And we know Virgo as the maiden, the holistic healer, the humble servant, one who analyzes, who is devoted to this mind-body healing with a true desire to function efficiently. And I love to see Virgos as this beautiful celestial mother that sees everything naked and is learning discernment on what to speak to and what to shift and what to evolve. And Virgo, for me, represents such this beautiful archetype of the Virgin. We know the Virgin as the true sovereign one, one who has complete capacity, domain over her physical body. And that in turn brings us to my original and usual deadline for these podcasts is every other Friday. And given the turbulence of this Lionsgate portal, 
I was unable to deliver this episode 34 to you by Friday the 13th. However, I still wish to honor the sacredness of this day because this Friday the 13th and this Aquarius blue moon and all of the other amazing changes we've been going through in 2021 and 2020 and 2019. And we can just continue to go back and back and back in time and space. And for me, this is about letting the feminine lead the way. One of the things I've been writing about for many years is how at the seat of the goddess, at the table of the goddess, there is a seat for everyone. This ability to allow feminine power to lead the way is ultimately in service of one and all. It is the womb of the mother that brings forth life of all beings on the planet. And Friday the 13th, it is important we reclaim this day just as it is important, in my humble opinion, that we allow the dams of the sacred rivers to be free so that the rivers may flow. There are these subtleties within our culture that continue to hold us back, and a fear of the 13th is one of those. We know that there are 13 moons in any year. 13 moons. The moon cycle itself relates to the blood of the woman. It is within the blood of the woman. This is blood, sacred, holy blood. Blood that a woman can bleed and she will not die. This is blood that carries the true nature of life, death, and rebirth again and again. This ability to shed, dissolve, let go of, and rejuvenate, to rematrix the codes of life. This is divine, holy truth, and Friday the 13th reminds us of such, reminds us of the frequency of the great goddess, the great cosmic womb of all of creation. We know Fridays, we can trace them back to Venus Day, being a day of the feminine in and of itself, Venus as Earth's elder sister, as a gateway to beauty, to art, to culture, to love. And as we continue to demonize Friday the 13th, we continue to demonize the great feminine power that is so needed in these times to lead the way. She is we, and there is plenty for all at the table of the goddess. The overculture has taught us by even intentionally omitting 13 in many public spaces, including hotel rooms and floors and different buildings. The overculture has taught humanity to fear their bodies, most significantly the blood that is shed from a woman's womb. So here we are on earth Here we are on Earth in 2021. The fear quotient feels higher than ever before. And what are we going to do about it? 
We are here to live life on this earth as king, as queen, as one who walks with dignity, with nobility. To crown thyself is to walk hand in hand with the divine and sovereign truth. To live knowing that you are a creator. It is your time to do the deep inner pilgrimage work to understand how holy and sacred and vulnerable, how precious these lives are, how short they are, and how they truly are a gift. May you find the capacity to dissolve old grudges. May you find the ways where you can take greater personal responsibility. May you have the strength to choose the higher road to commit to your ancestral lineage work. May you find the dedication to ground yourself daily, to clear your channel regularly, to let go of the old fears, the places where you just want to run away. May you live from the heart, filled with courage, May you bonfire all of your self-sabotage mechanisms. May you practice, 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 and live life with elegance and grace and beauty. And with that, I came across some old notes of one of the last times I was with one of my beloved mentors, Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, And I captured these notes from something she shared that afternoon on how to live in the world today. And this is what she said. Pick three things in your inner life and three things in your outer life and give your days to those. See them through to completion. Stay informed of current events if your heart and psyche can hold the reality so that you know who and where to send your prayers. Vote for the most winnable candidates in any election that best fit your values. Historically, fascism has risen due to third-party candidates. Participate in politics at the local level. Know your city council representatives Write letters in concise one-paragraph formats to your senators, representatives, governors, and so on. Participate in the world around you as this balances out the feeling of being helpless versus wishing to stick your head in the sand. Reassure your vulnerable friends, whether they are people of color, single parents, trans, gay, etc., Reassure them that you have their back and mean it. We must go into action. We stand for the purity of self and the decency of others. A nightmare is a nightmare because there is no ending. You must help to create one. And with that, with that, may you have the most blessed journey through this full moon portal that, in my opinion, it is this Aquarius blue moon 
that closes out this Lion's Gate portal of 2021 in totality. May you be blessed. May you be holy. May you walk with ease and grace. And may gratitude flow from your lips and from your heart and from your deeds. And so it is. Blessed be. Now I invite you to come and lie down or find a seated place for a journey to integrate, to clear, to anchor your channel. So I invite you to find the space to do so. You can pause here, check out the timestamp and come back around when it feels right for you, making sure you're in a room where you can close the door, the temperature is good, your biological needs are taken care of, technology is free of distracting you, and you're going to come and find that position that feels really cozy and comfortable, placing a blanket over you for added warmth. You're going to come and you're going to lie down or sit and you're going to close your eyes and you're going to allow a warm wave of relaxation to move up through the body from the soles of the feet and just begin to move through your entire physical body. to imagine from the base of the spine, the soles of the feet, the palms of the hands, beautiful red, golden, silver, cords of light, cords of life, spiraling, going deep, deep down into Mother Earth, all the way down into the core of Mother Earth. Connecting, anchoring into great grandmother hematite, this lineage stone that connects us to the seven generations who've come before, and the seven generations who have yet to come. And in this space, you begin to welcome from your left hand side your female ancestors feminine within you, going all the way back to that ancient primal first woman and all of her genius resources present, flowing here and now through your DNA, the stones of your bones that connect to the bones of the stones of Mother Earth. bring your awareness to the right hand side of your body and you connect into that ancient primal first man immediately he's there ready instinctual innovative protective 
independent. And you connect to all the men who have come before you, bringing in this wisdom of the elders, giving gratitude. Feeling the backing of your ancestors. You bring your awareness back to your physical body and the space that it is here and now. And you're going to begin to imagine yourself removing any implants, any shards of energy that are in your physical field your energy field your physical body that is not a part of your authenticity and you're going to begin to imagine this electric blue light coming through to create a strong psychic boundary Developing your entire physical body and going in to help remove anything that is not your authenticity. And if you would like to mentally say along with me this intention in the name of God, Goddess, Creator divine source under grace I now decree that all alien implants all negative entities etheric mucus negative clouds and thought forms from this universe or any other universe From this lifetime or any other lifetime, from all levels, from my physical, emotional, mental, psychic, and spiritual bodies, be released now. So be it done and begin to imagine that electric blue light protecting you and then the sacred nectar begins to drip all the way from the great great galactic center the cosmic womb of this multiverse this beautiful honey mother drips from the great cosmic sun of creation down through the crown of your head spiraling down through your spinal column and pulsing through every cell of your body filling up and healing any places and spaces where anything that was not you was removed this cosmic honey just filling up 
all of you, all of who you are. And from this great cosmic sun comes a large golden beam, a beam of blue, purple, and gold woven together. These rays of light woven together, creating a triangle, pyramid of light. So that you find yourself fully encased in a Merkaba, a golden star of light. And you begin to feel one golden violet triangle spinning clockwise and feeling the opposite triangle spinning counterclockwise and they begin to spin equally at the same cadence different directions and you begin to feel yourself journeying, moving through time and space and you find yourself dancing with the stars all the way back to your starseed nation, connecting with your pure divine child self. find yourself seated in the divine masculine with the feminine eye seated before you that mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine watching over the unfolding beyond time and space Feel yourself held in this golden womb of light where the solar eye has destroyed all falsehood and all lies. And as you stare into this feminine creatrix, you feel yourself in full alignment and full truth, full play and full beauty. She looks into you, the seer, the visionary, the embodiment of the true holy beloved with balance, with justice and dignity, with complete sovereignty and a knowingness. And she gifts you scroll of papyrus and you begin to open the scroll and look through this these symbols this writing and they are beyond the beyond yet you know everything that is written it is the story of your soul's journey and as you glance at these codes of light coming alive from the papyrus 
actually remember all of yourselves, your ancient selves, your future selves. this great gift with complete honor and grace and as you're in this golden cosmic womb with this divine father and divine mother you feel purified of any trauma timelines when this was all that you longed for to be seen, to be held, to be known, to be elevated. And you allow, you allow this sensation of pure love to fill you up so deeply, nourishing you so completely, so elegantly. And you take that papyrus and you roll it up so thin and you place it in a little glass vial that you place around your neck that hits right at your heart center and immediately your chest absorbs it right into the center of your heart and you feel the sacred truth become one with all of who you are. And as you're lying there, you begin to feel the sensation of stones being placed all over your body. Muki stones, carnelian, pink calcite, morganite, aquamarine, mica, ammonite, placed at the soles of your feet, on your kneecaps, in your womb, hara space, over your stomach, your heart, your throat, your third eye, your crown, the palms of your hands and your elbow points. You feel these stones lied out around your physical body. And the sentient beings of these stones travel through time and space to honor you, to bring you fully alive here and now in your vision of the highest, knowing exactly what your divine child came to earth to create, to transform to embody and as you bring your awareness 
back to your physical body. You take a nice long deep breath up from Mother Earth. And as you exhale, you allow that breath to travel up from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. And then you inhale. You draw the breath from the cosmos and you exhale. Allow that breath to fill up from the crown of the head to the base of the spine. Again, draw the breath in, pulling up from Mother Earth, exhaling into your vertebrae. Again, drawing the breath from the cosmos down through the crown, exhaling into your vertebrae. Once more, inhaling from Mother Earth into your body, exhale, inhale from the cosmos, exhale into your body. Begin to wiggle through the fingers and the toes, circle through the wrists and the ankles. Rub together the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. Relax the legs out long and take the hands and cup the eyes. Place the hands over the eyes and take some long deep breaths in. And when you're ready, you're going to roll over onto your right side. As you most likely spent some good time inside of your mother's womb like this. You're going to place one hand on your heart, one hand to the earth as if you're on Mother Earth's heart, because you are. You're going to offer your gratitude, and you're going to take your time to come sitting up when you're ready, perhaps taking some time to reflect about your journey through writing, perhaps slipping into a bath or going on a walk in nature, or playing with your child, or making some beautiful drawing or painting. Finding that way to express your own sacred life force, your own unique art, marking this beautiful life through your spiritual legacy, through you. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic 
and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed, Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.